For our first message today to be brought to us by Mr. Ken Barton, it is entitled, What Should We Be Praying For? It's great to enjoy a Sabbath rest for three weeks now, Glenda, four weeks. We've been rehabbing a rental house we have, and it's so much fun. And the folks are still living there, five weeks, are still living there. So, you know, I know they're just really enjoying that. So keep them in your prayers. <laughs> While I was working on this message, I went all over the place. And... Uh, the, the hymn, uh, Open My Eyes That I May See, you know. And uh, I have it up here. Open my eyes, illumine me, spirit divine. And we need that. I think we're going to need that more and more and more. <clears throat> Glenda always proofreads and usually saves me. And she looked at that and she said, this doesn't have anything to do with your message. And I said, trust me, it fit at the time. A nation divided by, its, uh, by itself or unto itself cannot stand. Are we a nation divided against itself? I believe that there are those who want us to be, Satan included and probably at the head of the list, I mean, what would any enemy intent on destroying someone most want to happen? That they destroy themselves. You know, God did that for the Israelites a few times. He just, <laughs> the enemy was there, was much larger than they were, and He made them crazy, <laughs> and they killed themselves. When they, or he just killed them all. That's the best way to win a war, isn't it? But anyway, in my opinion, for their enemy, uh, the, the, that's what Satan wants, is for us to destroy ourselves. <clears throat> And they're trying to do that, creating as much strife and, and hatred and tension and, as they can. And it's not just here in the United States, it's all over the world. You guys remember Balaam, the prophet? <clears throat> he had the, the talking donkey. Balak, the son of the Moabite king Zippor, hired Balaam to curse the Israelites because he'd seen what had happened to the uh, Amorites when, when they'd gone up against the Israelites, and he didn't really want that to happen to Moab, so he hired him. Now, Balaam was an actual prophet, so... You'll, you'll see that pretty much everything he said was true. 
So I got to give him credit for that. His problem was he liked the Moabites' money more than he liked listening to God because God told him, no, don't do it. Well, you know, they, they offered me all this stuff. Well, okay, go ahead. <clears throat> Cue the donkey. Because Jesus was standing in the way with a sword to take Balaam out. And the donkey wouldn't let him go. He only spoke the words of God. So things didn't work out quite like Balak had planned. Four times he sent Balaam to curse the Israelites. And three times Balaam prophesied blessings from God upon the Israelites. The fourth time, well, let's just read it. Numbers 24, starting at verse 15. This is the message Balaam delivered. This is the message of Balaam, son of Beor, the message of the man whose eyes see clearly, the message of one who hears the words of God, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees a vision from the Almighty, who bows down with eyes wide open. The message of the... I see, I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star will rise from Jacob. A scepter will emerge from Israel. It will crush the heads of Moab's people, cracking the skulls of the people of Sheth. Edom will be taken over, and Seir, its enemy, will be conquered, while Israel marches on in triumph. A ruler will rise in Jacob who will destroy the survivors of it, of Ur, Got to pay attention to all them letters of Ur, not it. Then Balaam looked over toward the people of Amalek and delivered this message. Amalek is the great, was the greatest of nations, but its destiny is destruction. Then he looked over toward the Kenites. So apparently they had a bunch of people here to watch all this. You know, it didn't turn out quite right. <clears throat> Kenites, they delivered this message. Your home is secure. Your nest is set in the rocks. But the Kenites will be destroyed when Assyria takes it, you captive. Balaam concluded this message by saying, Alas, who can survive unless God has willed it? Ships will come from the coasts of Cyprus. They will oppress Assyria and afflict Eber, but they too will be utterly destroyed. And I love the way chapter 24 ends. Then Balaam left and returned home, and Balak also went on his way. Just, oh, yeah. shell-shocked, right? That's the end of chapter 24, but not the end of Balaam's dealings with the Moabites. Let's move to chapter 25. Now Israel remained in Acacia Grove, and the people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. They invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, they being the women of Moab, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, and the angel of the Lord was aroused against Israel. Now, I don't know for sure if it's Baal or Baal, or, but it's a god, a false god. Then the Lord said to Moses, 
Take all the leaders of the people and hang the offenders before the Lord out in the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to the judges of Israel, Every one of you kill his men who were joined to Baal of Peor. And indeed, one of the children of Israel came and presented to his brethren a Midianite woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. That's not the, that uh, New Living Testament says, while they were having this meeting, this guy brought this gal through the town while they're in, in front of the tabernacle while, while people are crying to God and praying to God. Takes this woman and goes into his tent with her. Now when Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose from, the con from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through, the, the man of Israel and the woman through her body. So the plague was stopped among the children of Israel. Those who died in the plague were 24,000. Phineas did well, didn't he? These days, they wouldn't say he did well. They would, oh, the uproar would be horrible. But he did. In fact, God told Moses that that's the only reason he stopped, was because of what Phineas had done. But Moses' relaying of this is, is pretty whitewashed. You want a little more detail, go to uh, Book 4, Chapter 6 of Josephus' Antiquities of the Jews, and you can find out the real skinny. It's a very interesting read. The details that Moses covered, he got exactly right, we would expect. And I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version of what wasn't included. Balaam went back to Balak and filled him in on how to bring down God's punishment on the Israelites. Now listen to what he tells them. There is, now I'm putting this in my words, but it's it, really what he said. There is no way that they can be totally destroyed, period. But for some small misfortunes and those for a short time, where they appear to be brought low may still befall them. But after that, they will flourish again to the terror of those who brought these mischiefs upon them. So he's telling them, you can, you can cause them trouble for a while, but it's not going to last very long. They'll, they'll overcome. Again, you know, they're, they're, you can't do anything to destroy them. And he goes over several possible ways that it could, you know, time and chance happens to every man, right? So something could maybe happen to the Israelites and they'd be destroyed. No. Balaam told him there's no way that's ever going to happen. <clears throat> Remember that warning he's given them. It's going to come back later. <clears throat> then he tells them that if they really 
have to have a short, hollow victory over them, here's what you do. Tells them to get their most beautiful women to go and seduce the young Israelite men and get them to fall in love with them. Then when they're hooked, have the women turn it off. Act like they're going back home. And of course, you, you read, oh, the, no, 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 you know. So the women say, okay, we'll stick around, but you have to worship our gods. Not this old fuddy-duddy god you have. You have to worship our gods. And you have to eat our meats. We don't like this bland diet you have. We have wonderful foods. We have squid and shrimp and lobster. I don't know if they had that at all, but I'm going to throw that in there. So you need to come worship our God. Forget about your laws. Eat our unclean food. And the women, when they were approached with this, by Balak. They were very happy to oblige in this undertaking. And that is what caused God's wrath to be kindled. I guess I should have said the rest of the story, but that's what caused the wrath of God to be kindled against the Israelites and the plague to come down on them. Next time Balaam's mentioned in scriptures, Numbers 31.8, all five of the Midianite kings, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, died in the battle. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. So remember that warning. It'll be very, very terrible what will happen. It happened. Now, I know I've spoken of this before, and here's why I speak of it now. I believe we've been Balaamed. And yes, I just coined that. Satan has done the same thing in this world. Luring people with Satan. Of course, Satan was behind all that as well. But, you know, you, you go back to the start of, of uh, Playboy magazines, and which brought a whole bunch of other magazines. getting people to consider sexual sins and consider just spending their time looking at and reading this stuff. And the idea has been being propagated that, you know, we have the right to do anything we want to do. Nobody can tell you what you ought to do or shouldn't do or can do. And you're wrong if you try to stop us. Take it a long time, but just like the Taliban, they've been watching for their opportunities and they've utilized them to the max. Remember when the AIDS epidemic first started and they tried to get, and I watched this on a report, news report, a television deal, that the gays purposely had all the unprotected sex they could. They tried to spread AIDS as far and wide as they could. On purpose, they're killing themselves 
to get this to go further. So you see, we've morphed from the tenets that we founded this nation on, biblical laws that made us a most blessed nation, to a nation that is being shamed and humbled. And it's so far gone, there's no possibility at all, in my opinion, of a Phineas showing up and taking somebody out with the deal that could stop, you know, who? Now, this, at this time, there was one Israelite that was thumbing their nose in all of the other Israelites' faces taking this woman into his tent. There's no way to pick one now. Uh, the only possible way, and it's laid out in the scripture, in my opinion, for this mess to get cleaned up is Christ's return. God has a set time when that's going to happen, and I have absolutely no idea when that will be. But I do know this. Until Jesus does return, until the angel stands on the earth and the sea and declares that time shall be no more, we still have time to turn back to God, to repent, seek his face, as he tells us to in 2 Chronicles 7, 13 and 14. When I shut up heaven, there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land or send the pestilence among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Notice he doesn't talk about the world. He's talking about his people. Because the church is not immune. Several of us went to a, a seminar on church safety. And the guy giving it was, was giving uh, statistics of, of problems in churches. And they're horrible. In the church. But God says, if you'll return. To me. We must share God's gospel and tell people, because that's why we're here, right? That's our duty. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 18, I think, 19. <clears throat> Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, Today, if you will harden, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works for 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. We don't want to be among that group, do we? Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another. Who's one another? We are. 
while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold to the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they heard, did provoke. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore he that they should not enter in his rest, but to them that believed not? He didn't threaten the ones that were believing him. He didn't threaten the ones that are following him. If we're serving God, he's not threatening us. He's promising us. In verse 19, so we could see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. There are still people out there that God wants us to tell. How do I know? Because as near as I can tell, none of the vials have been poured out. The two witnesses haven't yet arrived on scene, have they? So many things that are to take place haven't yet taken place, and it is still called today. I feel we shouldn't give up. We should be looking at what is happening in the Middle East, here in America, and all around the world with alarm. We should be truly seeking God's face and calling for repentance and revival of a spirit of serving him. And most of all, we must believe God. We must believe God's love for us, and we must pray for his deliverance. The Lord will return, and he will bring this earth into submission. But it will be much better for his people than for those who are not his people.